1: What is up, all of my beautiful freaking people? Welcome back to another episode of FML Talk. You guys, it has been brought to my attention that we have never done a heartbreak episode. So get ready. I am going to get you through all the pain, all the bullshit, all the fucking... Hell that comes along with getting your heart broken. So sit back, grab a fucking cocktail, maybe your journal, maybe some tissues, and welcome to FML Talk. Oh my. God. Wait,
2: how old was the other girl? Nineteen. Can you believe that? Jen? Hey,
1: this is Gabrielle Stone. Good book. You chapter six <sighs> he did what? Forty-eight hours. What a dick. Yeah, but have you seen all the photos on her Instagram? Oh, God. And this is FML Talk. Oh no, she didn't. You guys, how the fuck have we done three seasons, three complete seasons of this show. And we've never done an episode that's dedicated to heartbreak. We've done cheating. We've done divorce. We've done grief. We've done a lot of solo episodes. But the fact that we haven't done one on just heartbreak when that is what I get DM'd about almost every day for advice on how to get the fuck over it is wild to me. So that is what we are going to do today. If you are not going through a heartbreak, there will still be good stuff in this episode for you because we are going to cover a lot of ground around really like letting go. And that comes in forms of any type of healing that you're doing, whether it is heartbreak or grief or moving on from something that just really fucking upset you. There will be good stuff in here, even if you don't identify with heartbreak. And if you don't identify with heartbreak, what the fuck is that like? How has life been over there on the fucking just strolling along... Grass is green side of life because I want to know how that is before your heart gets fucking tainted and broken and beaten. We're going to cover a lot of ground today, guys. So strap the fuck in. To kind of start us off and get us going, I'm going to read an excerpt from the Fuck Off I'm Healing journal, which if you have not gotten, don't DM me about the problems that you have because. All of the answers are in this fucking little book for you. I've done all the work to get you through any type of healing journey that you're on. So go get that first before you slide into my DMs asking for advice. But I'm going to read the heartbreak section for you. Heartbreak. It's a bitch, really. But it's also a rite of passage and jaggedly beautiful. Because it means you were lucky enough to feel something so big so powerful, so monumental, that it was absolutely earth-shattering when it ended. But you clearly made it through, because, well, you're writing in this journal. And that means that you survived. If you survived it, chances are you've learned some hugely important lessons. If you haven't, it's simply because you haven't been looking in the right places. So we all know that I'm no fucking stranger to heartbreak. And even though when I was in my younger years, I had breakups and there were times where I felt really sad, I didn't know shit (laughs) until I was dumped 48 hours before getting on a plane. That fucking heartbreak was the first actual heartbreak of my life. and. It was unlike anything I had ever experienced. So for those of you that are listening to this, who are feeling fucking crazy about like, God, why can I not let go of this person? Like, why can't I just get the fuck over it? There's reasons you're not alone and you're not crazy. And this episode is going to give you some comfort around that. Because speaking from experience, um, that shit took me a long fucking time. I mean, y'all read about a lot of it in the second book. But it was really a devastating experience for me to go through. Like Javier broke my heart like my ex-husband never could have done, even if he tried. And one of the quotes that resonated with me so deeply when I found it was, one of the hardest things that you can do is to grieve a person who is still alive. (sighs) Let's just like take a moment and let that sink in. One of the hardest things that you as a human can do on this planet is to grieve a person who is still alive, because that means they're choosing to not be in your life. They're choosing to piece the fuck out. They're choosing to make you feel this fucking grief that you're going through. It's, it's one thing when someone has died and you're like, okay, they're gone, I can have a spiritual connection with them, but they are no longer on this plane. They didn't necessarily choose to leave me or want to cause me this harm, but they're gone. When someone's here and walking around living their fucking daily life and you're like, fuck, Like we could be having this beautiful, amazing, incredible life together and they're choosing to not be with me. They're choosing to make me feel this fucking pain. That shit's gnarly and it's a confusing thing to wrap your head around That heartbreak for me personally, and some people, if you haven't been through the depths of a real heartbreak, will probably gawk at this and not understand, and that's fine because I've been through both. That heartbreak and that time in my life after the divorce and finding out I was taking this trip on my own, while it was magical and beautiful and meant to be in so many ways, that dealing with that and recovering from that was more difficult for me than getting over deaths that I have had in my life, which again, to some people might sound insane. And to the people that are listening to this who have had their fucking heart broken are like, yeah, Gabrielle, ooh, I get that. So you are not alone. I am with you. I have been through it. So we are going to dive in to kind of a step-by-step process of how you can move through that heartbreak some questions that you should be aware of. And then I'm going to, at the end of the episode, go to some questions and stories that were written in and submitted by some of you guys. So the very first thing that happens when we get our heart broken um, after the shock kind of settles, the first thing you need to do is feel it, accept it, and sit in it. This is really fucking difficult for people because as humans, our initial instinct is like, ooh, who can I like go and hook up with? Or, ooh, who can I go out and go party with? Or, how can I numb myself to make this feel better? Take it from me, y'all. I learned this the very fucking hard way in my younger years. Whenever I would go through a breakup, which was, it was ironic because it was usually me doing the breaking up, but. Whenever I got out of a relationship and there was still some hurt and some kind of unhealed shit that I needed to work through, instead of feeling it and accepting it and sitting in it, I would go out and party. I would go out and drink too much and substance soothe. I, when I tell you like the you know we talked about this on the sex episode of the premiere uh, of season 4 but the fact that i threw my list out of people that i had been with because whenever i would not be in a relationship and go through a breakup that list would would go up <laughs> and i didn't want to deal with accepting that because you know most of my life i was in relationships and then boom the breakups happened and it was like who am I going to hook up with? Who can I get under to get over this person? None of that is fucking healthy. I know now as an adult, it seems like, of course, that's not healthy. Like, Why would you ever think that that was going to make you feel better? But in our younger years, like we, for some reason, pick up that programming and that makes us feel like we don't have to really feel and sit in the hurt that's being caused right now. So I want you to not go out, not over drink, you know, really be like, okay, this heartbreak, this breakup, this thing that is happening to me in my life needs to have attention paid to it. It needs to really take precedence in my life. And I need to treat it the way I would treat any other very big event in my life. So, what are you going to do? right when that happens, when you're like, okay, I'm sitting in it, I'm, I'm sitting in the shit, I'm feeling it, what are some things that you can do to kind of get a better perspective on things? Something that really helped me, I, I know we've talked about this many of times and I'm gonna continue talking about it, writing down a list of facts, unarguable facts that you can look at, and take a step back and be like, okay, now that I'm like detached reading this list, know that that person was A, treating you less than you deserved, B, your values didn't line up. The list can go on. Trust me, writing a list of unarguable facts of why this relationship didn't work, why things that they did to you that made you not feel great, write down a list of facts. You guys, if I would have done this ahead of time, it would have saved me so much fucking grief. For example, my list going into the relationship with Javier, like when everything was fucking sunshine and rainbows coming out of my ass, would have looked vastly different to the list a couple months after the breakup. So the initial list would have been like, oh my God, he's so good looking. He he rides a motorcycle. He can dance. Like all of these very superficial things like he's funny. He makes me laugh, which, you know, is important. But all of these more superficial level things. If I would have sat down and written that list after we kind of like went through the muck of it, it would have given me a much greater perspective on how to detach from the situation. And I'm not even talking about like later on when, you know, the lipstick comments were happening and the really fucked up, you know, comments were happening. I'm talking about like just on the trip alone. Like when I came home and like fell into that deep depression, if I would have sat down and wrote a list about, you know, that he chose not to contact you he chose to not check up on you for the majority of the trip you had to initiate almost everything in order for you to go see him at the end of the trip like but it, the list goes on it, it would have really given me perspective on okay this person's not treating me the way i deserve to be treated summer is here and life is not slowing down for us anytime soon One of the things we have continuously relied on making our lives so much easier is Factor meals. No prep, no mess, no cleanup meals. I have really been off the wagon with my eating since having my son, and for my health, my wellness, and my mental sanity, I have been switching my dinners to more healthy options from Factor. So once you have your list written down and you can really look at it and be like, okay, this is, there were issues because there always are issues. If a breakup's coming, what can you do to start to walk through some of this shitty feelings now? For me, the biggest help has been to write letters. Writing letters, y'all can be one of the biggest fucking gifts in the world you can A, not ever fucking send it. And that's usually when I sit down to write a letter for therapy purposes. Like I plan on never sending them. When I was in Bali at the silent retreat, I wrote a letter to Javier, a letter to Daniel, a letter to Tay. <laughs> Wasn't planning on ever sending them, never did. Just publish them in a book. But I've done this when I've been in fights with my mom in the past. It can be really, really therapeutic to sit down and write a letter. And then it's up to you if you want to send it to them or not. Like, you know, to each their own, but it's meant for you to be able to really kind of process your feelings, be able to say everything you want to say. Maybe you didn't get to say that in the actual breakup or in the moment, and that's all that's all really important for you to do. Next up, therapy. Like, unarguably, if you go through a breakup, you should get your ass into therapy. We're done with like the stigma around mental health. Like that's so fucking 1980s. This is 2022. We're, we're taking care of our mental health and we're taking our ass to therapy. Even if nothing's fucking wrong, you should be in therapy at some point in your life to like check in and just like talk about some shit. But if you are going through a breakup, absolutely Get into some form of therapy, and when I say some form, you know, there's more clinical therapists, there's more spiritual therapists like Arna that I work with. It's it's really really important to find the right type of therapy that's going to help you. I oh my god, I've never even talked about this. Oh, it's like kind of embarrassing, but here we go. I was so fucking heartbroken and so. Hurt when I had come back from that Europe trip and fell into such a depression. I ended up going to a hypnotherapist to, I mean, really, like, let's just call it what it is to like stop thinking about this man that had fucking ruined my heart. That's some heavy shit to be like, this breakup was so bad. I went to therapy, I went to a hypnotherapist, like, I was in the shit of it. So let's just take a moment while we realize that. And let me tell you, it gets fucking better, you guys. I really, I promise it does. Being on the other side of it now, I never would have imagined while I was going through it that I would have been able to get to this place. And I did, and you're going to too. So as we move through this episode, know that there is another side. You're gonna get there. It's gonna be fucking fine. And when I was doing all of this therapy, I was going to very specific therapists, so Arna, as I mentioned, who you guys will hear later on in this season. It's a fucking fantastic episode, and she's actually going to dive into depth and explain some of these techniques I'm about to tell you about because these are these are things that really, really helped me. A lot of people when they go in and they'll sit and talk about their feelings that's great but for me personally, I was like talking about this to death isn't going to do shit for me. Like I, something deeper is going on here and like I need, <laughs> I need the spiritual party to come in and help me out here. So the things that we did were more spiritual practices like cord cutting. And there's a chair exercise that she had me do that was very, very powerful because... Sometimes it goes deeper than I really loved this person and now I'm heartbroken. And there's things that you can do in therapy sessions and in spiritual practices that can really help you release that energy and let go. So you're not just like running around in circles, like trying to figure out why you're so fucking crazy. You're not crazy. I promise you that. Let's talk about blocking people. A lot of people have mixed feelings around this and I understand both sides of it. When I came back from my Europe trip, I was like, I can't block him. Like, I mean, you know, you guys know we were trying to like be friends and shit for a while until I finally was like, I just can't do this anymore because my heart isn't healing and I feel fucking horrible. So when we stopped talking, I didn't block him from you know, my social media. I didn't block his number. I didn't do any of that. And what ended up happening was I would get a text from him or he would call me on my birthday or he would like one of my photos. And that wasn't helping because every time that came in, it was like, oh, is there like hope I should be hanging on to? Oh, uh, should I be thinking about this person still? So when I tell you That my life drastically changed when I like blocked everything on social media and made a commitment to myself because I know you guys, I know how everybody is. Like, everyone's got like a secret fucking Instagram account that, you know, is like a burner one and that's how they can stalk their exes and stuff. You have to make a commitment to yourself that you're not gonna look at shit. Like, I can't even tell you how long it's been since I've looked at any of my ex's social media pages. It's life changing when you commit to doing that. Because honestly, unless you're like running into each other on a daily basis, like when you take out the social media aspect of it and block someone's number, they don't really exist anymore. As crazy as that sounds, like the only reason you guys know so much about me and my day to day life is because you're following me on Instagram. Imagine if I just deleted my social media and it was just poof, gone. Like it, it really is a huge game changer when you can block someone across the board. Now, at first, when I ne- knew I needed to do this, I was like, fuck, like I can't. He's going to. Feel So upset and then like what's going to happen to our connection, blah, 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 blah. Okay. All of that is your psyche trying to fuck with you. If you want your heart to heal, the best fucking thing you can do for yourself is go no contact. If you guys ended amicably, you are totally valid in saying, hey, I'm doing this because I need to heal. There's no hate towards you. I just need to like do this shit for myself and then block. Like you are so fucking valid in doing that. You don't have to feel guilt, you don't have to feel shame. Like that's that's taking care of your mental health. That's taking care of your heart. I am a huge huge advocate of going no contact with someone when you are trying to heal. It can be a fucking game changer. And sorry, I'm going to put this chick on blast right now. Not that I'm going to name you, but I literally, before I sat down to record this episode was just DMing with someone. And she was like, I just don't know what to do. I'm so heartbroken. Like we went no contact. So I I blocked him on everything except for iMessage. And I'm like, what? And she was like, well, I'm just like, I'm hoping that he'll reach out one day. You know, they always come back. Right. And I was like, girl, <laughs> like, You can't go no contact and block someone on everything if you're not committed to doing that. Like the shit will find a way if you're not committed to doing that. So either fucking go talk to him and like say what you need to say and, you know, get it out and see if there's something that's going to happen from it or commit and like allow yourself to heal and block him on everything and stop thinking about it. Stop thinking about it. I say easier said than done. Yes. We're going to get to that a little later in the episode. All right, let's talk about the word that I fucking hate most on the planet. <clears throat> Closure. What the fuck does that even mean? Closure is... Uh... It's the fucking worst. If you have read The Ridiculous Misadventures of a Single Girl, you know that that was something. Or Eat Pray The whole fucking time I was like, I just need closure with this person. If I could just get closure, it would it would hurt less and it would make me feel better. All right. Let me talk from personal fucking experience and opinion. It doesn't. I took my ass back to that man and put myself through fucking turmoil and bullshit and bullshit and bullshit. (laughs) For all my forgetting Sarah Marshall fans, bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. I continuously went back for closure, whether it was closure conversations, closure sex. I was the fucking like I was the storefront of closure. Like if you needed anything closure, Gabrielle was the person to go to. It doesn't do shit. Even the times where Javier and I reconvened, and I was like, you know, getting him to admit to things, getting him to say things that gave me a little bit more insight into what the fuck was going on in his brain, whether we had like amazing sex one last time, like none of it actually did anything for my heart. None of it. I'm going to read you an excerpt, a chapter in The Ridiculous Misadventures. Spoiler alert. I mean, I should just stop doing spoiler alerts. If you guys are listening to this podcast and have not read both these books yet, like I don't, I mean, I guess I'm flattered that you you found the podcast and like it, but like, I, I'm not going to give spoiler alerts anymore. <laughs> You've had time. Okay. All right. Let me grab this excerpt. Also, when I read this to you guys, I had so much fear around publishing the second book because of how many times I went back to Javier. Like I was like, people are going to be so fucking over this bullshit. They're gonna just throw their hands up and be like, fuck this chick. She's fucking cuckoo. Like I can't deal. Because when I went back to proof and edit it, that's how I felt about myself. Let me tell you that the biggest... Message I get after people read the second book is how much they related with going back to someone so many times and not being able to get over them and let it go. So, yet again, you're not alone. We all fucking deal with this shit. It sucks ass, but more people go through it than you could ever comprehend. Okay, here we go. After two years of looking for closure, saying it was the last time more than a few times and trying to find a way to get over this man, I realized something life-changing. The sex hadn't brought closure. The long, confusing conversations hadn't brought closure. The not showing up, the not being treated the way I deserved, and most of all, the disrespect, that was the fucking closure. It takes a lot of mistakes, missteps, and healing to finally let go of the toxic wounds abandonment leaves, to finally stop attracting and accepting the men who don't show up for you, to finally know that you're worthy of healthy love, worthy of safe love. Believe me, looking back on my journey, I wanted to shake me so I can only imagine how you all felt reading. But those of you who have had the claws of toxic love embedded deep within your heart get it. So while it may have taken a long time and more bad decisions than I care to admit, I finally made room for real love. And that makes it all fucking worth it. I knew I had done the right thing. I was proud I had kept my promise to myself. Even if it had taken a literal pep talk in the bathroom, because finally, after two and a half years of heartache, confusion, mixed signals, casual sex, overanalyzation and never ending questions, I had finally chosen me chosen to let go. It was about fucking time, Gabrielle, and it felt damn good. So. Obviously, this is very specific to my situation. However, I am a very firm believer that it is not the other person's responsibility to give you closure. It is your responsibility to find that, whatever that means to you. Because at the end of the day, like, what was Javier going to say to me? Like, you're right, I just panicked. Or, You know, whatever excuse he was going to give me as to like what the real reason was that all of this happened, it wasn't going to change the outcome and it wasn't going to change the way that my heart was affected by what happened. So the best thing that I could have done for myself from the beginning was to find the closure within me. It was not his responsibility to give me that. Because when I did hear those things, when I did hear him say, you know, I just fucking panicked, none of it made me feel better. None of that was like, oh, okay, now I can let this go. What really was the closure for me was the disrespect in the relationship. What if you're not being disrespected in a relationship? What if like everything's fucking sunshine and rainbows and then like it just stops and there's there's nothing bad about this person? Give it time. Just give it time. There was nothing bad about Javier to me when I went on that trip by myself. I was protecting him. I was defending him. It was like, no, this is like, there's nothing bad. It's just like the circumstantial things that happened. Give it time. And if there really isn't anything bad and you guys broke up for whatever reason, if the person, Is breaking up with you, that's someone who isn't loving you as much as you are loving them. And that's not someone that you want to be with. You deserve someone that is going to love you fiercely the way that you love them. Period. End of discussion. If there's a time where you feel we're going to have like one last final conversation because you need more answers, I think that that's fine to do that. I think that you need to ask really smart questions if that happens. And look, you guys were in a fucking relationship. You have every right to go to that person and say, "I really need to have one last conversation so that I can move on in my healing journey." That's totally fucking valid and totally fine. I've done it. I get it. It's it's absolutely okay to do that. But do not go into that conversation with intent or hope that you can change their mind. You're not showing up to change their mind or make something happen. You're showing up to get information so that you can then put it to rest and start moving forward. So let's talk about some of the questions that would be smart when you're sitting down to have this talk. Is there anything I could have done differently to change the outcome of this situation? So, not why did we break up? Why don't you love me anymore? Like, what's wrong with me? Is there anything that I could have done differently to change the outcome of this situation? If they're like, yeah, you know, you could have done A, B, and C, or you could have not cheated on me, or you could have. Shown up for me more in this way, that can be really valuable information for you to be like, oh, okay, great. So, in my next relationship, like maybe I should make sure that I'm doing more of this. If it's a valid thing, if it's something that you can acknowledge that you were lacking in the relationship. And if they say no, then allow yourself to have that peace of mind that you're like, okay, fuck, there's nothing I could have done differently. And allow yourself to not be at fault and not blame yourself. Question two: What did you feel was lacking in the relationship? This is really important because it's something that you know when they well, if they're able to articulate what they felt was lacking, it can either give you insight as to that it was just like not a good fit, or it can be like, okay, that's that's valid and that's fair. I know that. These I too see that these things were lacking in the relationship. Ask smart questions so that you're going to A have a little bit of peace around the situation and B, you're gonna be able to kind of like wipe your hands clean of it and move forward. And again, don't go into that conversation trying to make anything happen or manipulate the the outcome of it. You're going so that you can collect intel for your future relationships to really do some fucking work on yourself. Okay? So I I think that's totally fine and valid if you feel the need or the want to do that. Okay, so we've had the conversation, we've blocked people, we're deciding that we're like fuck everybody, I'm on my healing journey, like we're going to sit in the shit, we're going to do the work now. Now. You need to start policing your thoughts. This is a fucking big one. You need to start policing your thoughts. That means... You're not going to daydream about them. You're not going to be romanticizing and thinking about all of the good times that there were. And like, yeah, but what about that time on the beach? And what about when we went camping? And what about when he said he loved me and I was going to be his wife? Like, no, we're not thinking about all of the romanticized versions of this relationship. We're thinking about the reality of it. And any time a thought about that person comes up, I don't know what you need to do that's going to work for you personally. Either you start thinking of like elephants or purple dildos, or you like flick yourself in the knee. Like, I don't care. You do something that's going to be like, okay, no, brain, we're not thinking about that person anymore. Start policing your thoughts. Because so fucking often, You guys, people will be like, well, I just can't stop thinking about him. Have you tried to? Have you actually tried to? When they pop up in your brain, have you been like, bitch, stop fucking thinking about this person and change direction? Pivot, pivot. (laughs) Like, have you actually tried to? So start policing your thoughts and do not allow your brain to romanticize. Now, I want you to give yourself some grace And understand that more oftentimes than not, there is a chemical imbalance that you have picked up and developed in your brain that you need to allow yourself to detox from. For me specifically, it was a love bombing situation. If you've been in that, those are the fucking worst and those take a little bit of time. That's like coming off of heroin and you're like, I really need like a full-on rehab detox. But any relationship where you've been getting that like fix whether it's like the comfort or the sex or the love or the happy whatever that is your brain has become used to that and used to getting that and your heart has become used to getting that so when that's suddenly taken away there's a lot going on with you chemically that's that's changing your brain's getting used to not having those those hits of those highs and your heart's getting used to not having that comfort so Give yourself some grace while you're allowing yourself to kind of detox that out of your system. It's not just like, God, I'm so fucking irritated. Why can't I just get the fuck over it? It's not that simple. You have to allow yourself to really go through the process. I'm going to read you the five stages of grief (laughs) because you're going to realize that grief and heartbreak are in the same family not even in the same family they're like siamese twins okay denial anger bargaining depression acceptance <laughs> okay so denial wait no this can't be happening like no what do you mean you're breaking up with me like i thought we were totally in love you can't fucking just break up this is not happening no i'm sorry we're not we're going to fix this we're going to work through it guys just give me a little bit of time he's going to come back it's fine don't we're we're good we're good Denial. Good old fucking denial. Anger. Fuck that, man. Fuck them for what they did to me. Are you fucking kidding me? Now I've written down this list and like I actually see that there were so many fucking problems and like he thinks he can just fucking dump me like I don't matter. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Anger. Bargaining. Well, I just, uh, maybe if I, you know, go no contact and don't talk with him, maybe then he'll realize like what he's fucking missing and he'll realize how stupid he is and then he'll come back. So maybe if I just wait it out, maybe I'll, you know, okay, no, maybe I'll go and just have sex with somebody else and then that'll make me feel better. And then maybe he'll find out about it and be jealous and then maybe he'll come back. Bargaining. (laughs) Depression. I don't want to fucking get out of bed because... If I can't be with this person, like I don't really know who I am or where I'm supposed to be now. Like what the fuck am I supposed to do? It just, it's like a physical, my heart actually hurts inside of my body and like I'm over it. Depression. Acceptance. Okay. We've broken up Clearly, this is what's meant to be. So, I am going to start pouring all of this energy into myself and I am going to commit to getting the fuck over it and moving on and doing the work and becoming a better version of myself. So, now you can see if the five stages of grief are that similar to the stages that we go through around a breakup give yourself a fucking break. It's okay that you are feeling like this. It's okay that you're feeling like this a month after. It's okay that you're feeling like this six months after. It's okay that you're feeling like this a year after. What's not okay is for you to not be doing any of these things and still be complaining about feeling this way. So if you're sitting there romanticizing and daydreaming about this person and not blocking them and allowing them into your energy field, and you're like, fuck, I just like I don't know if I'm ever going to feel better. Of course, you're not going to fucking feel better. You're not doing any of the things you need to do to feel better. You're not being there for yourself. You're allowing this other person to completely take over your being. Start showing up for yourself. There is no shame Around the fact that you're feeling like this, it's valid and it's okay. But you have to start showing up for yourself and doing the things you need to do in order to break that cycle and move forward. One of the questions I get asked most consistently is how did you move forward after your heartbreak and not put walls up? Um, Like, how did you? go into something without being terrified that it was going to happen again and i get that that's such a real fucking feeling and that's totally valid to feel that way if there was ever a time in my life where i should have put a wall up it was after my divorce and finding out that my then husband had been fucking around on me and sleeping with other people and endangering my body like that would have been the time where i should have been like yep uh, we're done we're closed for business everybody fuck off my heart is not no longer open instead of doing that i allowed my heart to stay open and this is the best advice my mother has ever given me is to always keep your heart open and it's a conscious decision it's your your heart doesn't close and just stays shut and locked up forever with a fucking chastity belt on it like it's a constant thing that you have to keep reminding yourself to do. If you feel that there's a block, you you get quiet and you go to your love place which can be anything that brings you joy for me, mine is usually Finn, my little my little doggie or Tay and I just any love place that allows your heart to open and say I'm directing my heart to open. It's that simple and you have to stay on top of that. So for me, after the divorce, I, I kept my heart open. And thank fucking God that I did, you guys. I mean, can you imagine if Javier would have like dropped into my life and I would have been like, no, I'm good, thanks. Where would I be? What would I be doing? Not talking to all of you here after two books that changed my life. So my recommendation to you all and this doesn't mean, you know, like completely like blindfold yourself and just like walk through red flag central. Like you're like, I'm ready for the carnival. No, obviously be smart, be aware. But why are you going to close your heart? Why are you going to say no to the next relationship? Because that's going to keep you from hurting. Okay, fine. So great. You go a couple of years without hurting. But do you have the fulfillment that like an amazing, incredible relationship could bring you? Not that you can't get that incredible Fulfillment from yourself, but you guys know what I mean. So I think that when you get into a relationship, it's either going to end one of two ways. You're going to be wildly in love and happy and be like, oh my God, this is everything I've ever dreamed of. Or you're going to be heartbroken and it's going to suck. And you're going to learn a lot of fucking lessons and it's going to change you into being a different person. Either of those are pretty fucking like time well spent in my book. Like, I don't know where I would be or what my life would look like if I hadn't gone through the divorce and the heartbreak. It changed my life in a very incredible and impactful way. And I'm very fucking grateful for it. So my advice is constantly remind yourself to keep your heart open. Life is too long and too short to be guarded and to protect yourself so intently. Life is about falling in love and getting hurt and getting back up and and healing yourself and going on all of these different journeys. And the more you can consistently keep your heart open, the better things that you'll attract and the more you'll get out of this crazy, crazy little journey we call life. Okay, we're going to take a couple of these questions that you guys submitted. The first one is after going through a breakup that ended for a specific reason. For example, he wanted to be more religious and I wasn't as much into that. And I asked myself, how do I avoid getting into this situation again? Whenever you're getting into a serious relationship in your past, like the dating and flirting point in your life, it is totally acceptable to sit down and be like, "Hey, these are some core values and things that are really important to me. Like, why are you going to get into a two-year relationship if one of you wants to have kids and one of you doesn't because you're hoping that the other person's going to change?" That's the same thing. Like with religion, with anything that's very important to you that would be like a deal breaker, that's something to have up front a conversation up up front like earlier on in in the journey that you guys are taking together and as far as like how do you avoid that for the next time you be aware of of things that have been detrimental to you in relationships in the past so for me if let's say Tay and I are broken up in an alter, alternate universe if a guy is ever like 0 to 100 really quick and like you should meet my family and let's go to a wedding and like maybe we should book a trip. That's going to be a warning sign for me. Not necessarily to bolt the other way, but to be like, "Hey, like I think we should like pump the brakes a little bit, slow this down um to make me more comfortable." That's totally fucking fine. So, being aware of things that have been Detrimental to your past relationships is that's that's part of learning and growing, so that's something to definitely keep in mind moving forward. Okay, this question I picked out because I know a lot of people will relate to it. It's basically she's saying that how do you not Allow yourself to get upset when you see your ex with someone new. Like they just jumped into another relationship and they seem super fucking happy. And I'm over here crying in a pool of tears. So, step one is why do we not have them blocked? Why are we looking at their Instagram? Why are we looking at the new girl's Instagram? That's not hurting them in any capacity they're having fun jet setting and going to dinners and smiling for their Instagram photos it's only hurting you so i actually just recently tried to walk one of my girlfriends through this who found out her ex was already in a new relationship and i had to remind her that all of the things that he did to her where she was treated less than and She didn't feel good about, and you know, that he all the ways that he didn't show up for her, none of that magically changed overnight for this new girl. And I think that's important for people to remember that if someone has problems in the relationship and there's things about them that they need to work on, they don't just magically become like monogamous when some new girl walks into their life, or they don't just magically not become a narcissist, or they don't just magically like get their commitment shit together. It might appear that way on the outside, but that new relationship is eventually going to have to face all of the bullshit that you faced with them because they didn't take the time to go inward and go fix themselves. So A don't look, like keep yourself protected. And if that means telling mutual friends, like, hey, I'm on my fucking healing journey and I need you to not update me about my ex, thanks, fine. And B, really understand that you were not responsible for fixing them and neither is the new person in their life. They are responsible for fixing themselves. And if they did not do that, the same bullshit is going to be happening in their new relationship. How do I let go of being so angry at myself? Okay, so I want you to first ask yourself, like, why am I blaming myself? Why, why in this scenario has this become my fault? If the breakup was for some reason your fault, you are now faced with a learning opportunity to heal and grow the same way that your narcissistic ex, you know, broke your fucking heart and like ruined your life. He now has an opportunity to heal and grow. It's about who's going to actually take the the heartbreak and the experience that they've gone through and start putting the work into themselves to become a better person. The more you can do that and start taking accountability and pouring some love into yourself and being like, how can I change myself for the better? That's going to help you let a lot of the anger go. And like, that's for anything. That's not for fucking heartbreak alone. That's for anything. The more you can take accountability and be like, how can I do this better next time? How can I grow from this? How can I learn from this? That is going to give you a lot of self-love and inner peace, and that's going to help you let go of a lot of the anger. Okay, we are going to take a turn now and hop into some of your FML stories. Here we go.
2: Hey, Gabrielle, it's Mary, and here is my FML story. Let me start by saying now, from the outside looking in, I see all the red flags that I didn't see at the time. I was 23 with a two-year-old and almost one-year-old. He was 38. When we started talking, I was living with a friend of mine. It was hard, and I struggled buying diapers, wipes, baby food, and things I needed for my kids. I was at the store one night trying to see what I could get to get us through the next couple of days and he texted me. I told him I was at the store and that I would call him after. He immediately called me and asked what store I was at. I told him thinking nothing of it. Five minutes later, he showed up in the aisle and ended up buying everything I would need for more than just a couple of days for my kids. As things progressed, he did more and more of this. Food, clothes, shoes, and just about everything. He moved me into his house a few months later and I thought all was good. Now my kids had their own room and the three of us were not staying in one bedroom anymore. He created this lifestyle and would tell me that I couldn't have it without him. The day I moved into his house, on the bar were all of his bills, usernames, and passwords to everything. He said, I make good money, but I've never done any of this. My ex handled it all. Can you help me? From that day on, I had everything and paid all the bills and took care of everything. His spending was crazy. He would take the whole shop out to lunch and the tab would be three to 400 each time. I would tell him he needed to slow down as there were bills that needed to be paid and he was always told me that he makes good money and just to pay the bills and he'll spend what he wants. So the financial struggles were starting and I was always blamed. As things got tense, he would leave to go out of the house and would end up at one of his customers' houses that he had known for years. However, this customer was a female and I knew her and she used him time and time again and he wanted and needed that attention. So when I said something, again, I was the problem. After a while of this, he told me that he knew he needed to step step back away from that friendship and focus on us, so I thought we were on the right track. Boy, was I wrong. It started again, but this time with our neighbor's grown daughter, who was younger than me. Side note, this was maybe five years in, so I was 28 now. This got to a point where he said she would help take care of my kids when we had to work, and somehow she needed a key to our house. Then he started with a girl I worked with. Another side note, he was an instructor at the school I worked at, so we all worked together. This girl, too, ended up with a key to my house, and now we were all going to Disney together, and she might get to the house before us. He tried to make us all friends, and for some reason, I just didn't see it yet. He had some guy friends that would start to ask me if I was okay, and also try to tell him that what he was doing was wrong. So we started cutting the guy friends off. One day, he told me, let's go to dinner, just you and me, and talk about this, so that we can do... Be better. So I finally thought he was going to do the right thing. When we were driving to I don't know where, he just started telling me what a horrible person I was, how I was ruining all of our friendships. I finally got the nerve to tell him it was me or his female friends, and he told me that he was not going to bail on his friends for me being unreasonable. That was the beginning of the end. At 3 a.m. that morning, after trying to sleep in my daughter's room, I ended up at my friend's house shaking and crying, saying I couldn't do it anymore. I managed to get back in the house without him knowing I ever left that night. I told my now ex that night it was over and we needed to figure out how to end it. It was not pretty. I barely asked for anything to get him to agree and sign the paperwork. I moved out April 1st and went before the judge July 25th to have our divorce finalized. I should have fought for so much more, but all I wanted was my sanity. Back and my happiness it took me a while to find it but i have found my unicorn and he knows my past and never do i have to question where i stand with him
1: what in the actual fuck um this this story just kept taking like twists and turns um that's fucking wild um yeah to the red flags um now i'm sure as you said when you look back on them you're like oh my god how did i not see this happening um absolutely crazy. Girl, I'm so glad that you're out of that and didn't get caught in a deeper way um, and that now you... I love that people say that they've found their unicorn. I'm so happy for you, girl.
0: Hi, my name is Megan and I'm just going to tell a story about how I found out my boyfriend was cheating on me with our 19-year-old lesbian neighbor. So been having feelings about it for months. He called me crazy, psycho. They were just friends. i go over there and bent to them about it, even though I asked him what he would say. Fast forward, I would talk to my friends like, that's weird. Even his sister-in-law was like, that's weird that they're in their house alone. And he's unplugging the dog camera. And I just had this feeling, started working out with them, just them two. The girlfriend moved out that week. And he told me that like, they were just having problems, needed space and a Snapchat that was to the girl. On accident, saying like I'm here for you always, and I was like, is this too? Her and I confronted him about it. The day I found out, I uh, was going to a bachelorette party in Vegas. I was on the runway. I look at the dog camera because I had this feeling the dog is there. And I look, and the girl is straddling my boyfriend, and they're making out. I buy the eight dollar internet fee. Go, oh, what the fuck is going on? and he lies nothing's going on you're crazy she's waiting for a taco bell i come back home after the weekend bawling i felt so bad for a bachelorette party and i asked him about that. he's like yeah it happened so we end our relationship four years he moves in with the girl her mom and 12 year old sister because he doesn't want to sleep on the couch i asked because she's fine that they probably will sleep together that was the first time only i moved back home I take my dog, our dog, and now I'm looking for a new nursing position. So
1: not in the fucking dog camera. I cannot. While the dog was present. Like, why do you have to bring the dogs into it? Oh, my God, girl. Um, and why are they always 19 yet again? Um, I'm so sorry that's That's a horrific way for a four-year relationship to end. Um, I hope you are on the mend and taking care of yourself and uh, finding that new nursing position. All right, you guys. I hope this episode brought you some inspiration, some comfort, some hope that everything gets better on this fucking awful journey that we call heartbreak. I promise you that it does sitting here. Today, I can tell you that there were times where I didn't think it was going to get better or easier um, and couldn't see that light at the end of the tunnel. Um, And the other side is fucking magical. Keep doing the work. Keep making the commitments to yourself. Um, You deserve it. You are worth it. And keep policing those thoughts. Our thoughts are fucking powerful, you guys. Keep your heart open make sure you are doing that daily. I love you so very much. And I hope this episode brought you what you were needing. As always, make sure you are subscribed so you never miss an episode. Keep up with us on Instagram at FML Talk Podcast. And as always, have a self-love cocktail on me a lot if you're going through the heartbreak. I love you guys. Cheers.